Hello again, and welcome back to Goose Chase, the podcast with the two people who chase geese. Well, hello. How be you? I wanted to be loud. Yeah. Because I'm usually meek. Oh, okay. So I wanted to make an effort. Okay. To be welcoming. To be real shouty. And shouty. Yeah. Well, I I felt welcomed by you. Good. Because you I'm going, more. going to shout at you whenever <laughs> I see you. I think that's the moral. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's good. All right. All right. End of the show. <laughs> we learned what we needed to learn. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Not moving on. Um, yeah, it is, uh, it's another week. We got another episode here. How are yeah. you doing? I've thought about it. Yeah. I'm okay. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought Sometimes. about it. I put a lot of thought into this. I'm all Sometimes right. we need a moment to reflect. Yeah, I think so. Like when people ask me if I'm okay, I like to take an uncomfortable amount, uncomfortable amount of time. <laughs> I can't talk. An uncomfortable amount of time to respond to them. Right. The longer you wait, the more they're like, oh, shit, she's not okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like to do everything I can to make other people uncomfortable. Awesome. Yeah, it's I a good feel thing like we do a just, show on the internet. It's just a good trait to have. Yeah, to sure. purposefully put other people on edge all the time. Oh, man, there are people too that like that's the way <laughs> they operate. They're just like, oh man, I just love being a fucking weirdo. Just yeah, to, to make other people not feel great around me. Yeah, and I'm like, you listen here, buddy, <laughs> buddy boy. I'm a weirdo because I'm a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And if that makes people uncomfortable. It makes people uncomfortable, but you don't go in it with the goal of making people uncomfortable. That's not a personality. That's an act. Yeah, don't be a sadist. Yeah, don't don't do that. Today <laughs> at work, I was thinking of um, how much I dislike when some people are just on all the time. Like they have like little jokes they repeat all the time or yeah. they're always like and it's like I don't dislike that person. I just dislike that they feel the need to do that. It's like, can we just like have an honest interaction yeah. where we have a real conversation and you don't repeat the jokes you've told me five billion times and I don't have to pretend to laugh at them? It's just exhausting. I think it's not that they're on. I think they're actually on autopilot because they just got nothing left to give. <sighs> just, that could be true. It's too. like go to zombie mode. That could be true. Working harder, hardly working. Yeah. <laughs> if one more person in my life repeats the joke, it didn't scan. That means it's free, right? Every retail person hates that joke. Stop saying it. It's like, you're not, I'm not going to laugh at that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. You're not clever. You, you're you not the only person that thought of that. Yeah. People are annoying, I guess. Oh, they are, but I'm over it. <sighs> yeah, I'm a super peace about it. It's not like I'm holding on to it or anything. <laughs> um... I wanted to discuss, I just think everyone should know that pretty much before every episode yeah. of this podcast, we re-listen to our own theme song yeah, we're that nerds. we made and we danced to it. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight yeah. we did like a weird little stretch dance where like you followed me and I like led us through a little series of like head neck <laughs> stretches and like shrugs and yeah. It was kind of funny. Like it's a good thing no one can see into this room because yeah. they would think that's really weird and nerdy, and I feel a little sad for them. <laughs> I don't care if people feel sad for me. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing we just told everyone yeah, that right. listens about it. We're dorks. We're dorks, but we love doing this. Yeah, 
there was something else I was going to say, and now I don't remember. Oh. That's a theme of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Me talking about how I don't remember things. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, that we discovered my true calling of making little monster sounds. Oh, my God. You want to, you want to do a live demo right here and turn off everybody who was about to listen? <clears throat> yes. If you have a problem with mouth noises or <laughs> chewing type lip smacking noises, just skip the next like I don't know, ten seconds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Prepare yourselves. All right. Skip right now. That's <laughs> it. Oh my god, it's so creepy. I love it. Yeah. I love doing it. I found my passion. That's it. I'm quitting my job. I'm doing nothing but that. Just playing <laughs> the role of little monster in every yeah. little monster related production. <laughs> yes. You just showing up at casting offices. You guys need a little monster? <laughs> That's what I do. I'm a professional. I'm little just monster. a little monster. I'm a little monster. I'm a really little monster. <laughs> <laughs> weirdo all right oh, God, um, what else is going on in the world there's got to be something hmm. uh. everything's falling apart yeah. everything's horrible the government shut down i didn't No, it's back now is it back oh, now yeah, it was back on I'd, monday i've disengaged <laughs> yeah no it's they were back on monday so they're right back to <clears> wearing <throat> suits one of my favorite things that happens is when they have the little shutdowns and then like someone like mitch mcconnell will like show up in like a sweat like a sweat the shirt and like sweatpants and be like oh we're not working I'm in my casual wear it's like you expect me to believe that you don't wear that suit to bed like a robot you fucking weirdo like he shows up I like to think they show up to work and do work yeah but he's just in sweatpants <laughs> and he's like doesn't count I'm not in my suit <laughs> yeah right it's not work if I'm comfy we know you're a turtle give it up <laughs> Little turtly Mitch McConnell. Yeah, it's funny because they He's do just this. Just a turtle. When the government shuts down, they all <laughs> act super cash, and they're like, "We're just like you. We're out of work right now." Well, yeah, it's like I'm laid off. Yeah, we're just like you, but we give ourselves ra- our own raises, and yeah. we choose them. We're just, just like, like you. you. <laughs> just like you. Bullshit. Give me a break. I just, I, you know, increasingly, I don't care for any of them. Any of them. Any of them, I don't care for them. There was a time when you, like, thought fondly of most politicians. Well, there was a time where I believed in more of them. Yeah. Now I'm just like, I don't care. Seems true. Uh, yeah, I just, I've got no mental energy for I, it. I say this as I look at, like, a like 20-foot-wide mural of a bald eagle on the <laughs> wall right there well, that says, God bless America. You bought it ironically from I, a guy who was afraid to shake your hand because he thought your atheism was going to wear off on That was him, another so. guy. Oh, there was another guy? I didn't want to tell a blanket guy that I was oh, buying it ironically. Oh, that's right. That's right. I thought he might not sell it to me. <clears throat> that's right. Yeah. Well, you swindled him. The other guy was, I, I, when I told him I didn't believe in God, he pulled his hand back and he looked right. horrified. <laughs> I also remember you saying he made some kind of like really horribly sexist comment. I think Hillary Clinton was involved. It wasn't horribly sexist. It was just like, oh, like, oh. It was just this, mildly sexist? No, it was just a statue of a horse's ass. And he's like, that's what we think of her. And I was like, okay, well, that's that's you. I just remember you looking around for our friend Katie and she had already noped out of the situation. That's right. He did say something sexist. But what was it? 
No, yeah, because he went on to explain, like, yeah, also, like, women shouldn't do anything in government. And I was like, yeah, well, inside, I was like, of course, because, you know, we men love being because in charge. Because all men. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's, mm. And, of course, yeah. deep down, I was like, he's right. <laughs> women shouldn't do anything. What if that was the end of the story? I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, you got me there, and we shook hands, and then I don't know. And, pat, and pat then you were a conservative like, Christian. All of a sudden, you're just like, he was right about that one thing. He was right. Must be right about everything. <laughs> That's how it works. And then I just changed my my whole life changed. I came home and I was wearing tweed and like <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, for some reason, I just imagined you like in a straw hat chewing a piece of straw. <laughs> like a piece of hay not the or like hat whatever you're not eating the hat <laughs> like you're not a horse my, I'm not eating my own hat no not literally okay you mean like the like a little piece of little piece a little cool piece of hay yeah there in your teeth a cool piece of hay do you remember those flight of the concords <laughs> okay I was like wait why did you turn into that Murray's trying to give them ideas for a cool look and oh, he's Murray. going how about a how about a cool piece of hay <clears throat> there in your teeth and they're going, that's a bad luck, Murray. <laughs> My favorite thing, and I have, well, I have a lot of favorite things about Flight of the Concords, but my favorite jokes that they make. The, the music jokes. Or the music puns, the album puns that yeah. they make with Murray. Ugh. Yeah. The, <laughs> so it makes, it gets me every time. One of my one of my favorite ones was the off the wall one. They're talking about this. They just mentioned Michael Jackson's off the wall, and Murray, not realizing it's an album, goes, "Yeah, he is off the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he gonna freeze himself out there?" <laughs> <laughs> Such a dork. I think I've mentioned the rumors <clears throat> one before. Yeah, we might have mentioned it on this. I, I can't, can't remember. remember. It's the one where they're talking about Fleetwood Mac and the love triangle. Ah, uh, rumors. No, it's all true. <laughs> that was all true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does such a good job of just playing clueless. Yeah. It's so good a job that like everything I've seen him in, he's just played that. Yeah, right. I mean, I can't think of a lot of things I've seen him in, but he always has that. He was in role. Yes Man. Yeah, that's, that's the one I think that's of. the only other thing I've seen him in. Yeah. Which I'm sure he's in other stuff. I just haven't seen it. He's got that movie, and I don't. I know I haven't mentioned it on this show, but he's oh. got that movie where he plays like three or four roles. Right, right, right. It's like a like a nutty professor style. I'll play everybody kind of movie. We should watch that. I totally want to. I'm just afraid it's not going to be funny. It might suck. It there's a chance it'll suck, but you know what? That's the chance we take. This is the sacrifice we make. Yeah, right. Sometimes watching shitty stuff. <laughs> um. And I, I don't, this has nothing to do with what we've just been talking about, but cool. <laughs> I just thought of watching TV and sometimes watching bad TV or stuff you didn't expect. And I thought of my mom talking to me about Shameless and how it's getting a little bit dark. Yeah. And uh, I'm so proud of her <laughs> and my stepdad. That she's, that she's watching it. Yes, because I bought them a Roku for Christmas, and it was a little bit of a gamble yeah. because I knew there was a chance that they'd take one look at it and go, we're never going to learn how to use this. I was coughing while you said that. I thought you said a Roku. <laughs> I got them a Roku. I got them a Roku for their TV. Uh, I might even get a tattoo of it. <laughs> I got a tattoo of my Roku. For my TV. On my booty. 
on my boutique. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, a weird joke. Yeah, we're, um, we're real dumb. No, but I, I knew that I was taking the risk of them just like not really having interest in it because I talked to them about it before and they kind of like they didn't. Po- they poo-pooed the Raku. They poo-pooed the Raku. Yeah. But I, I, in my heart of hearts, I knew that if they would give it a shot, they'd really like it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention they have access to Amazon Prime, right. Hulu, and Netflix. They don't pay for any of it. Right. Because we take care of it because we already have it. Yeah. So between those things, what else do you need? Yeah. They have most of the things you would want to be watching stuff on streaming services. So I introduced it to them. This also came like right after they got a new television and we're having a lot of problems figuring out remotes, even though it was the exact same setup as they had before. It's just one more remote. It's the same... It was the same number of remotes. Oh. <laughs> when they got when they switched TVs, it was the same number of remotes. They just oh. suddenly forgot. Right. I meant with the Raku, it's one with more Raku, remote. With the Raku, it's just one more very small, very easy to use remote. It's got like six buttons. Yeah. But they have been using it. And my stepdad watches a lot of music videos, which I'm like, where did you where are you even watching those at? Where did you find <laughs> these? <laughs> so they've they've the students have surpassed the master wow. in this case. Um, but they enjoy it, and they have been binge-watching Shameless together, and I just found it really, they're cord- just they're, really happy-making. They're cord cutters now. <clears throat> oh, already my mom is like, we're getting rid of HBO, and we're going to think, if this goes well, we're going to think about getting rid of cable. And I'm like, yeah. welcome to the new world. <laughs> I, honestly, I moved out of my mother's house what is probably now <laughs> over six years ago. Over six years ago. I've not had cable that entire time. I haven't missed anything. I lived in Chicago for three years. We never had cable. Yeah, right. We never had cable. And the only thing... <clears throat> That would possibly have made us want to get cable was for sports. Right. But the sports teams Ian would want to watch were not local teams anyway. So he would have to get like a super duper special package, which would pay out your butt for. We didn't want to do that. So he would yeah. just stream so much easier stuff. To use your wallet. Sometimes he would get like the NFL pass. Depending. Yeah. I mean, why pay and, out your NHL? Why pay, why pay out your I butt? I not NFL. Can- NHL. When you can pay with a debit card. I mean, why use your butt? <clears throat> you know? Yes. I'm going to keep driving at this joke. Damn it. <laughs> yes. Don't pay yes. with your butt. Don't pay with your butt. You Just use a to. debit card like a normal person. I've, every time I tell you to stop presenting your butt to the clerks, <laughs> they, it's not an approved form of ten, of uh, tender. Sir, that'll be seventeen fifty. Yeah? How about this? How about my little booty? <laughs> What's this worth to you? You take my little booty? <laughs> no, insane. sir, we do not have booty pay set up yet. Oh, man, not yet. <laughs> Coming 2019. Hey, they're just figuring out the whole chip card thing. Give them time. <laughs> Half the places still don't even have Apple Pay. This is a very <laughs> weird episode. I'm just saying it. We've been talking for a while. Yeah, we, we should have. move on. Let's move on. Let's do the news. Let's do the news. Damn it. Anyone who is, there's a dog a jingling. I know. I hear him jingle jangling. 
Um, for anyone who is new to the podcast, thanks for hanging in there through all that. <laughs> um, but now we're doing yeah. what we call the news. The news. It's a little quiz mm-hmm. one of us does for the other. There is one true news headline and two fake news headlines. And yes. my victim has to choose the right one. Yes, that classic game, two false <laughs> things and one true thing. <laughs> one truth, two lies. Yes. <laughs> All right. Hit Are me. you ready for this? Hit me. I'm so ready. First headline. During Trist, Trump ordered pizza with tiny pizzas on top as a power move, according to Stormy Daniels. <laughs> With tiny pizzas <laughs> on top. Yeah, like pepperoni sized, but yeah, I'm thinking bagel bites. Pizzas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As a power move. It's a power move. Yeah, if you, you can get someone to make tiny little pizzas to put on your pizza, that proves you got all the power and all the money. You want to see how powerful I am? Watch. <clears throat> this pizza is going to have 12 pizzas on it. I'm going to make them make me pizzas for my pizza. <laughs> all right. I've worked at several pizza places. I've gotten weirder requests. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one. Camels disqualified from Saudi beauty contest over Botox. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like that one a lot. All right. Last one. BBC considering Rowan Atkinson for role of the doctor in the future. Hmm. Okay. I don't think that's it, and I think I know why. Because I think I saw a clickhole article that said the doctor would be played by Benedict Cumberbatch and Rowan Atkinson holding hands or something hilarious like that. Um, <clears throat> that's what I, I can't remember. I saw something like that, so I'm giving that one. I'm looking at that one suspiciously. Okay. Let me run through these one more time. Yes, let's hear them again. During Trist, Trump ordered pizza with tiny pizzas on top as a power move, according to Stormy Daniels. Okay. Camels disqualified from Saudi beauty contest over Botox. All right. And BBC considering Rowan Atkinson for role of the doctor in the future. And I think I saw that article, and I think it was... um, or someone dreamy or whatever. No, no, it it was Cumberbatch. You had that right, but it was um, 007. Um, it wasn't the doctor that they were playing. <clears throat> oh, oh, for the role of the James next Bond. James Bond. Yeah, that's right. You're right. <laughs> Shit. Okay, well that throws me back in a doubt. Shit. Okay, um, well, (sighs) okay, so I am suspicious of the first and third one. I am going to just throw it out there. I'm thinking Botox camel sounds just silly enough to believe. Final answer. (sighs) You're right about the Botox camel. (laughs) When in doubt, always choose Botox camel. (laughs) Life lesson learned. If you learn one thing from our podcast, <laughs> let it be Botox camels. Botox camels? Yes. <clears throat> Rowan Atkinson? So, no. Uh, so basically what this article says is that they had like, they had a little camel beauty contest. Okay. Uh, obviously camels have been a huge 
part of Saudi Arabia. And as, you know, they're moving forward, they rely on camels less. Yeah. But they still want to, like... Celebrate the celebrate, camel. Celebrate the camel. Celebrate their past. Yeah. And um, everything that camels have done for them. Sure. So as a little tongue-in-cheek fun thing, they had, like, a festival or something, and they had a camel beauty contest. But... It's, it's People almost were all actually using Botox on the camels to make them prettier to, like, win the contest. So they had to, like, disqualify those camels. That's so wild. And, like, mean. Camels aren't prepared for that. Yeah. <clears throat> That's, like, not nice to do to a camel, I think. And also, like, you're going to give those camels low self-esteem. <laughs> like, you're just not giving them enough credit. Like, you think they're not going to win the beauty contest without the Botox? Yeah. This is not a good example you're setting for camels. The camels are going to... Or for people. They're going to go home and go to their stable and kind of, like, look at themselves, like, funny in the mirror. Try, like, they're, like, slumpy. Like, I don't... Do I look, do I look fat? Mm. How is that camel going to smile if you Botox it? Real it's not going to be able to smile. <laughs> Imagine it with a human teeth, like. Argh. Well, you can't have emotions with Botox. Oh right, yeah right. It's not. <clears> it's not paralyzes the, your muscles. It's not like they would be pulled into a smile. It'd be right. Yeah. Poor Aww. Botox camels. Feel bad for the Botox camels. Yeah. You it's know, like <laughs> the horses they give coke to <coughs> for races. Do they coke up horses? Oh yeah, there are labs dedicated to testing horses, racehorses, to make sure they're not on drugs. For cocaine? Yep. Wow. I knew someone who ran one of those labs. He was my professor in college, in grad school. That's wild. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I had no idea that they would, because that's that There's a lab weird. dedicated just to that. <laughs> There's more than one, I'm sure, but I was in a lab dedicated just to that. <clears throat> Must be a fun lab. They're scientists. Mostly just horse piss, but, you know, fun sometimes. They're scientists. (laughs) They're they're fun in the way that scientists are fun. Right, yeah. Yeah. They're good people. God, that's wild. You know, honestly, I got to tell you, like, Saudi camel beauty pageant sounds like a a racist lie. It did, and I (laughs) did have to look it up to make sure that there were other articles about it. Yeah. Um, I think there was, like, there were enough... Other sources like Daily Mail, which I don't necessarily trust, but there were some other ones that I was like, okay. Yeah, right. Because this one came from um, ArabianBusiness.com, and I was like, it could be like a really racist satire website. Yeah, right. Oh, God. <clears throat> Wouldn't that be terrible to do to on the show? Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, no. I was aware of that. Fresh from Arabian Business. Yeah, I was aware of that. I was like, this could be horrible. (laughs) (laughs) So I I did check. There were multiple articles. So either we're all being bamboozled and I don't feel quite so bad or we weren't bamboozled. Right. Well, I sure hope we weren't bamboozled. I don't think we were bamboozled on that one. If so, that was a heckin' good bamboozle. Yeah. Score one for Arabian business. Boop them on their Botox snoots for that bamboozle. (laughs) (laughs) Boop them on the snoot. Boop him on the snoot. Just get that snoot. You know what you do? You get that snoot and you give it a little bit, bit boop, boop, boopin'. You boop that snoot. I really wish Bo would present his snoot that I might boop it. I'm happy with his snoot staying over there for now. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Oh, thank you, little snoot. <laughs> okay. So what do we so got here? I can 
decide what I wanted to do. All right. So I'm going to do a couple things. Okay. Um, I have done trivia before. Yeah. From a book given to us, given to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's for the podcast. It's the a, podcast book. A book whose primary audience includes the pooping. Yes, it's trivia for the toilet mm-hmm. double duty. Yeah, which we're not, we're not, I want to be clear, we're not pooping now. Well, you're not pooping now. Oh, I'm sorry, don't want to be Only speak for yourself. Right, okay, I take it back, I'm sorry. I cut a hole in the middle of my chair, and nice. I put a bucket underneath. It took nice. me a really long time. When I told you I was working on the news quiz, that's what I was doing. I'm no. surprised you didn't hear the sawing. I just sawed a hole in the chair to shit it later, right yep. in front of you. <laughs> You would never know if I hadn't told you. You know? Aside from the smell. You got me. (laughs) Hands up. You got me. So, a little bit of trivia. Okay. (laughs) It's not about poop. Okay, cool. Maybe it is. (laughs) The city of Chicago was originally called Chicago. S-H-I-K-A-K-O. A Potawatomi Indian word, but after white settlers said it enough times, it eventually evolved to the spelling and pronunciation we know today. Hmm. The French were the first Europeans to truly colonize the area after Native Americans had driven away a U.S. Army fort and a few other camps. Enthusiastic about its prime location near waterways and planned railroads, the French incorporated the area in 1837 and named it after what they thought the Potawatomi mm. with whom they were they traded were calling it. They thought the Potawatomi were calling it Chicago or, you know, what they pronounced Chicago. Huh. Uh, what they probably didn't realize was that they were settling on a wild onion field that the natives had always referred to as Chicago or that skunk place. <laughs> That skunk place. Yeah, the skunk place is in quotes. They were calling it skunk place. So Chicago is that skunk place. It's skunk place. All right. Yeah. I, mean, I can see it. I liked that. I, I lived in Chicago for a little bit, and I, I it honestly, it was like the first page I opened up to when I saw that and went, all right. All right. How about that? All right. And then the other thing I was thinking of doing was a little more F.U. Penguin by Matthew Gasteyer. Before you go on, I just want to point this out. Good on the Native Americans there for giving one back to the... Oh, yeah, just don't tell them. You know, it's like, you know, everyone comes in and like, hey, we're taking your land and all, you know, like half your people and all, all your feathers and And they're beads. just like, that's fine, have the skunk place. And they go, no, we got something great for you. <laughs> we call it Chicago and it reeks. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the uh, the American Indians were really like convincing the the French settlers to go there. They were just like, "Yeah, have fun." That's I, <laughs> that's the way I like to think of it. Okay, well, you can have that. All right, all right. So the quote on this. Let me show you the picture. Oh, what are you? <laughs> let me see. It's a lemur. Oh, okay. It's weird because it's like upright sitting like a person. It's a, a lemur sitting upright in kind of like a yoga pose, like weird. the meditation pose. Its legs are kind of crossed and it has its arms out to the side and its head is slightly turned. The um, quote 
on top of the picture says, I got your chi right here. (laughs) Aw, poor lemur. Busy day at work. Kids got you down. Concerned about the geopolitical turmoil in the Middle East? (laughs) Yeah, meditation is probably a great idea. Why don't you just relax, turn off your thinking brain, and start using your feeling brain? (laughs) Oh, wait. I just remembered you're a lemur. There's nothing stressful in your day, except where to put your tail to make yourself look particularly cute. (laughs) I realize now that your decision to take up meditation was just an excuse to show off your furry belly. Stop using the transformative power of self-reflection against me. (laughs) You may think your cunning daily routine has me won over, but I'm not even going to let it stress me out. At least I still have yoga. (laughs) Not bad. Did you know? Lemurs gained popularity in the DreamWorks film Madagascar. Ever since then, these primates refused to sing I Like to Move It unless they are being handsomely compensated, despite the fact that they used to sing it for free almost to the point of it being ridiculous. (laughs) That's a nice one. I like that. All right. That's my middle segment. All right. Just a couple couple little things to keep us going. Lighthearted. All right. Chicago. Chicago. The skunk place. I would really like to take a trip to Chicago, and I will insist on calling it Chicago now. Yeah. Well, now you have to tell every Chicago when you meet, hey, you know you come from a farty onion patch, right? (laughs) You know, this place smells like farts. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you live in a farty onion patch. (laughs) Fuck you. I make so many friends wherever I go. Um, well, I guess we'll, I guess we'll take a little break here then. Yeah. And we will come back in a minute with our main segment for this episode. All right. While we do that, I'm just going to make monster sounds. Okay. Yeah, cool. All right. All right. So back. We're not back. We lied. We lied. We're not even here. Uh, it is it time. All the ruse. It is time for the main segment for this episode, um, which I don't know the right way to introduce without jumping way ahead. Um, this is the story of, of a girl of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. Not really. Surprisingly. Oh, that's good. Because that would be unfortunate. Because we'd all be dead. Uh, This is a story of a woman named Margaret Howe Lovett and a very special, unique dolphinarium. Dolphinarium. Yes, where experiments were conducted in the late 50s and early 60s. I wanted to know when. Because I know bits of this. Yeah. That I'm not going to say because it'll give it away. Right. But... 
I knew bits, and it didn't necessarily seem very ethical. No, uh, <laughs> I would agree with you. This is this is a weird story. It's a weird story. It's packed with like the absurd and the surreal and the the gross, and it's also really sad. You did mention there's some sad at the end. Yeah, this is like a hard one to tell and balance all the appropriate emotions. Yes, it's also because I know there's a lot of sad coming. I'm like, I'm going to want to make jokes, but I'm also going to not want to make jokes. Well, no, I mean, you know, it's I guess roll with it naturally. However, <clears throat> but but it's it's there. There is there is a point at which it goes from really weird to really sad. Also, the reason I wanted to know more about this is because I am, the parts I know, I'm kind of appalled by, so. (laughs) (laughs) I think most people are kind of appalled when they hear this story. I think it's, uh, I. I I think that's right. I was able to sample some reactions to, you know, online, different people talking about this, this story, and I think most people have a mix of sort of like shock and surprise and disgust and, uh. There's a, there's a lot going on here. So I just want to I want to start here uh, by saying that on the show, we have covered a lot of strange science, mm-hmm. I think. Um, we covered the trolley experiment. We, co- we talked about the Stanford prison experiment. We talked about other things. Um, sometimes scientists go out on a limb to learn things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they go a little too far and they freak us all out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is what this is the story of. Um so let's start by going back to the early 1960s. Um, All right. And let's we're t- get in the time machine. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um, uh, this is, you know, this is a time when neuroscience is not what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, not by a long shot. The tools available to them to understand the brain are much less. And so naturally we know a lot less. And we know a lot less ways to study the brain. <clears throat> right. Yeah, I mean, I don't. When was the time when they thought like lobotomies were good? Well, gosh, they were doing that clear through the '60s as well, right? I mean, yeah, clear up to when and they like, like started evacuating the sanitariums and stuff, and like MLK, which is Ultra. like in the '70s, I think. MK Ultra, we're talking like M- MLK. M- did you say MLK Ultra? <laughs> Martin <No>. Luther King. <laughs> Yeah, MK Ultra was the acid <laughs> experiments, and MLK Ultra is when they made a Martin Luther King robot. When <laughs> they gave him acid, yeah, he was the size of a skyscraper <laughs> and very inspiring. <laughs> he was he, he was not as nonviolent. No, no. In fact, he could be heard to say MLK Smash before punching a hole in a skyscraper. MLK Ultra. MLK oh Ultra is super rad. Oh, God. I'm hiding behind my pop filters. <laughs> oh, man. I would so love, like, an MLK Ultra action figure. Just we like should make it. A giant robot MLK. Oh, Jesus. This is terribly off topic. <clears throat> anyway. Um, but, yeah, no. The stuff like the MK Ultra and all that. That's, that's a... <laughs> I will never be able to think of MK Ultra Me without either. calling it MLK Ultra. Me either. All right, let's move on. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that's going on. Um, you know, one okay. So one of the ways that we attempted to understand the brain at this time is by studying animals. It's by poking it. <laughs> Just poking it with stuff. <laughs> that's true. 
but, but also by observing animals. It was thought by a lot of people that we could learn a lot more about the human brain if we studied the way the animal brains work. Mm-hmm. Especially um, animals we know to be pretty intelligent. Right. Uh, and John Lilly, who was a neuroscientist at the time, um, you know, performed a lot of behavioral experiments on animals to try to learn how they learn and then, by extension, how we learn. And in the early 60s, he centers on the dolphin. Uh, the, the dolphin has a massive brain. It's 30-some percent larger than ours. Um, they have a clearly higher intelligence than many other <laughs> animals, right? Mm-hmm. Dolphin seems like a natural, a natural animal to study. Um, basically, what I'm teasing in with here is that this takes a turn into one of the most sensational experiments of the 20th century. Um, it challenges the public sense of propriety and ultimately becomes the stuff of legend. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I remember hearing about this years ago. I mean, we're still talking about it. We're still talking about it. When I heard about it years ago, I thought, that's not true. Yeah, it doesn't sound true. It doesn't sound true, but... Some of the stuff that happens here is absolutely true. Um, well, all the stuff that you're talking about. Yes. Some of the stuff true. I'm about to talk... All the stuff I'm about to talk about is true. How's that? <laughs> He's not just dropping in a couple <laughs> fake things. <laughs> just to throw you off the scent. <laughs> you guess which one it is. I'm just trying to trying to keep you all sharp. Yeah. Do your own homework. <laughs> um, so, let's... Uh, we have to go back a little bit farther here to start. John Lilly starts working in the late 50s with dolphins at the Marine Studios in Florida, which is one of the only places in America where they have bottlenose dolphins in captivity. Okay? In particular, it's the dolphins that starred in Flipper. Oh. Pretty interesting. With some pretty famous dolphins. Some famous fucking dolphins. Um, If I met those dolphins, I'd want, like, a flippograph. <laughs> and I might fangirl out. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's flipper. It's flipper. Oh my god! I'm freaking out. <laughs> How's my hair? How's my hair? <laughs> well, <laughs> they um, might care. Yeah, they might. Um, mm-hmm. So in 1957, when he's working with these dolphins, they're trying to do this. They're trying to get. Oh goodness! Now I'm going to get this. I'm not sure if I'm going to get this. They're doing experiments with the dolphins. They're trying to train them, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the John Lilly's wife notices, and no one else noticed, she notices that the dolphins are mimicking the speech patterns of the experimenters who are training okay. them. So, you know, people are saying things, and they will match in, mm. like, in like cadence and pitch, that kind of thing. They'll mimic okay. the number of syllables, but it sounds like they're trying to imitate the humans. So someone will say, like, <clears throat> hippopotamus and mm. a dolphin will be like rrr, rrr. yeah right like that they try to like imitate the general sound and mm. this totally this this strikes him as like a, a eureka moment um he basically starts chasing this from this point on he is convinced that they're trying to speak or communicate with us mm-hmm. and um and he publishes a book about this, and he captures the imagination of America. And in particular, he gets the notice of NASA. <clears throat> I know. It sounds weird. So long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> right? Um, <clears throat> no, NASA is interested in this because it seems like there's implications, you know, of, you know, learning to communicate with dolphins alongside learning to communicate with extraterrestrials we might meet. Well, I mean, dolphins are aliens, so. Clearly. Um, 
But but no, like <laughs> the thing the thing is NASA at this time, and it's like easy to I guess not realize this now, but <laughs> they, they were sure we were gonna bump into extraterrestrial life any minute. Yeah. You know, we like only just I God, at the time that this happens, they, they we hadn't been to the moon yet. You know? Um and they were just sure eventually we were gonna find something. Because you mm-hmm. know, we hadn't ventured out that far. It was only a matter of time until you met some other life. And we still may. Yeah, and, and we might. But they some, thought, some people think we already have. Right, but they thought they were next door, you know what I mean? Yeah, which like, is like any minute now. Yeah, um, which is why NASA um, wants to put together a study that he is at the head of to try and learn to understand dolphin communication and they wanted they wanted to learn how to train the aliens to do cool little jumps for fish. Right. Right, because you know eventually flipper is going to be off the air. Yeah. And then you're going to need Zemore. Zemore, the Gloopnorp. Yeah. And his famous traveling Gloopnorp band. Mhm. <laughs> 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 it sounds it sounds like those monster sounds. Gloopnorp. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, um, let's see. So what happens next is they construct a dolphinarium, which is basically the way it's arranged is it's a home with an enclosed pool out back, right? And part of the house sort of hovers above the pool area and the pool is connected to the bay so that fresh water can splash in and rinse it out and stuff flows in and out. Um, and... It's a pretty comprehensive observation station. It even has underneath the surface, there's like a window that they can look in and see underneath <laughs> the, the, the pool and everything. It gives them a really good advantage. There. Yeah, it seems like a nice place. Um, <clears throat> the um, Dolphinarium is stocked with a very competent team. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, all these researchers and veterinarian. And then almost coincidentally, a layperson, a non-scientist. Mm-hmm. And this is where Margaret Howe shows up. Okay. Um, she, she just showed up at the house one day. That's not a joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> she just shows up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, here's the thing. She's just in the area. I like, was being flip. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. I keep interrupting. So she, no, she just is in the area. She moved here. I heard y'all got dolphins. Yeah, that's it. That's, I'm not kidding you. That's um, what happens. She shows up, and she just moved to the area just like kind of on an adventure, and she hears about this house with dolphins, and she shows up, and she says, I heard you have dolphins. Is there anything I can do to help? That's it. <laughs> that's normal. She also brought a pie. <laughs> well, like, you know, you figure you're, I mean, she's like in her early 20s. <clears throat> All she knows is there's dolphins, and dolphins are cute. Right? I love dolphins. Yeah. I've always wanted to swim with the dolphins. Let me go to the neighbors who have dolphins. Seems like a pretty natural one, two, three. See what unfolds. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. She shows up. They tell her, they introduce her to the dolphins and she swims with the dolphins and she makes these observations about the dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. And this catches um, <clears throat> Dr. Lily's eye is that she's making particular observations about dolphin behavior. That other people aren't noticing. So she actually is just a particularly observant person. Or 
you know, it's one of those things. If you like something, I'm assuming she was a person who like had a thing for dolphins. She like liked dolphins. Otherwise, why would you be like, I heard y'all got dolphins. I'm into that. Let me hang out. She liked dolphins enough to show up. You know, she must have kind of liked dolphins. But what I'm saying, maybe it's one of those things where it's like she had seen enough and wanted to know enough about dolphins that she was just kind of primed for like noticing things differently. I don't know. I don't know. They Who don't, knows? They don't. Uh, they don't mention any previous experience with dolphins. She's got a special brain, <laughs> yeah, that she's using to observe these dolphins. So basically, you know, she she's invited to come back anytime. She's invited to come back and participate and in, in observe the dolphins, and she does. Um, now, the dolphins are the same dolphins. I didn't mention <clears throat> this. The three same three dolphins from the flipper set are okay. the ones that are here. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two females, Sissy and Pamela, and one male, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, they are brought here. The whole experiment, the whole purpose is, is, is explicitly to observe their communications with each other mm-hmm. and try to learn about their natural dolphin language. And Sissy, Pamela, and Peter, isn't that a band? <laughs> it sounds like one. <laughs> it sounds like one. It may as well be. Yeah. Yeah. First dolphin band known to man. I don't know. What I'm I'll let you play I was going to say something about a dolphin jug band. and <laughs> <laughs> Then I was like, that's too weird. Bottle nose jug band. Oh, you know, Maybe it did make sense. I just yeah. couldn't yeah. bring it together. All right. <laughs> um, g- ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so dolphins, uh, the thing is, the... the I made you lose your place. Yeah, no, I'm good. So there's two aims to this. One is to observe them. The other is to try and teach them to dolphin, mimic human speech. Dolphin to dolphin and dolphin observe, like trying to get them to imitate humans. Yes. Um, uh, dolphins had never been observed to make human sounds exactly. Only the kind of squeaks and clicks you associate with dolphins, but it was that it's the, <coughs> it was that that sort of imitation that they were kind of kinda trying. Yeah, yeah, the patterns. And that they recognized the patterns of human speech enough to know what to do right? to imitate it. Yeah. That is impressive. It's very interesting. There's not a whole lot of things on Earth that do that, you know? I mean, obviously there's parrots, you know, and, and like birds mm-hmm. that are very good at doing that. But there's not a lot of animals that do that. And imitation is a sign of uh, flattery. Isn't yeah, that what they say? I think so. Yeah. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Of being heckin' smart. Yeah. 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 Um, Dolphins. So, Margaret was mostly focused on Peter, which is the young male adolescent dolphin, who is a difficult student. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's, he's younger he's, and he's short of patience. But I will say, it is genuinely shocking when you hear some of the progress they made with him. Okay. You can listen to audio recordings of sessions where they tried where they were training Peter. They got him to mimic lots of patterns and sounds uh, even though they couldn't quite get those human sounds out of him and that to me was impressive. And it actually it gets it he gets really good at almost <laughs> everything. One of the things that Margaret talks about is that you know, it's a shame because they just can't quite make the M sound mm-hmm. with their blowhole. It doesn't work that way. Like it's I was like, going to say, I mean, here's the thing. You're never <clears throat> going to get human sounds out of a dolphin they're right. they're not 
made the same way that we are. Yeah, it's a physiological thing. Like, yeah. Like, you know, configurations of flesh make sounds. That's part yeah. of it. And they just don't have... I mean, they have to use a blowhole. Yeah. To do stuff. Like, it's not going to be exactly the same. But what's really interesting is he almost got there. He actually learned <laughs> to roll his blowhole into the water in just such a way that it came out like... Like, it's almost... He, he kind almost, of a muddled M sound. He almost gets to an M, hmm. which is so crazy to me. Real skillful. Yeah. Like, he actually was a really, really talented dolphin, you know? Um, so, but But basically, after a while here, you know, in this configuration, the experimenters were not really getting what they wanted. Yeah. Um, some of the people from NASA were, you know, putting pressure on Carl Sagan was mm-hmm. involved, you know, sort of because he's, you know, he's tied in with the NASA guys, the SETI guys, all these people, you know, he's, he shows up and makes observations and all that. No one's really happy with what's happening. Um, they're dolphins, cut them a break. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, you would think this would be groundbreaking, but ultimately <laughs> mimicry isn't speech and what they are trying to do there is speech and they're not getting it, you know. In retrospect, it seems obvious but I think, like you mentioned, there was a lot of excitement yeah. built into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of just, not only did we not understand as much as we do now about the human brain, we just didn't understand probably as much about everything in general. Animals yeah. and the limits of what they could do and the limits of intelligence. Because... Dolphins are really smart, but just because they can imitate doesn't mean they necessarily understand. Right. And it definitely doesn't mean that they can mimic physiologically what we do to a T because they're not made the same way. Right. Exactly. There's only so much. There's like a theoretical. Kind of getting mad. (laughs) I know. Getting mad because these dolphins are being treated like failures. When they're doing something really cool. They're doing something super impressive. Yeah. Um, but it is at this point that Margaret Howe proposes what is a very surprising and innovative idea that was not part of the initial experiment. She decides that she would like to convert the dolphinarium to a habitat where she could live there with the dolphin. Mm-hmm. This is her idea. So <clears throat> what they what she wants to do, and she maps it all out, is it, you know it's a multi-story environment, and they have. She wants to waterproof all these rooms and mm-hmm. then fill them like knee deep with water. And they they construct a dolphin elevator. I was going to say there's a little dolphin escalator. There's a dolphin elevator. They put them on like a thing and they lift them up, you know, oh. and like raise them up to a different floor or lower them this down. Is like a lot of money. Well, you know, it's. <laughs> they made a dolphin elevator. That's when we funded science. Oh. Right. <laughs> Um, this is why they don't fund science anymore. <laughs> this is why they don't fund science anymore. You're right. Um, so basically, she is ready to dedicate all her time to this. Mm-hmm. Live there full time. And they go for it. Why not? Um, so, like I said, they waterproof it's the house. start of a sitcom. <laughs> really, it seems more like, like a joke than reality. It seems scripted. 
living with a dolphin, my best friend. But or like, dun, 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 dun. it's like the beginning of reality television. What happens when one woman and one dolphin live in one house together? Will they ever get along? <laughs> this week on Ocean House. Oh, Peter, you're just so sloppy. You never clean up your PJ. <laughs> Okay, whatever. Um, (laughs) Right past that. Uh, Starting in 1965, she takes up a dolphin roommate full time. Um, She treats him like a student. She has a little kitchen and a little bed. Uh, She has this foam bed that is kind of sunken in. Um, And and Peter sleeps right next to her in this little foam bed. He becomes like really attached to her. Like he'll stay there. She's with him all the time. Right. Um, she'll, you know, when she goes to sleep, he'll sleep next to her and he'll stay in bed until she gets out of bed. Okay. Here's my question. Is she submerged in water all the time? Yeah. She's like wearing a wetsuit all the time. She's like pretty much almost all the time in water. Oh God. That sounds horrible. <laughs> that sounds real chafy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's probably not super comfortable, but this is. This or is healthy. Probably not either. Yeah. Okay, a lot of bacteria. Yeah. It's kind Just of gross like, thinking about it. Yeah. And dolphins pee a lot. I learned this. They pee and poop like five times as much as we do. <laughs> You're going to say five times a day, which is maybe accurate. Yeah. If we probably, I mean, we pee more than once a day, I hope. You, if, pee, you pee more than once a day? Yes. Really? You need to drink more water, baby. Oh. <laughs> you really. <laughs> um, but I do poo five times a day, so. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not a sign of irritable bowel or something. That, that's too much. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he basically, you know, they they have this this domestic existence, and he during this time she's trying to teach him things like pronouncing her name, and that's where the the M sound trips him up, and all this, you know, and uh, she gets pretty close at getting him to pronounce her name, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like this for months. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, you know, the, the NASA is getting antsier. Mm-hmm. You know, they've now seen <clears throat> what this arrangement is like. They're not happy with the results. Um, they're trying to push the experimentation more in the direction of just observing how the dolphins are talking to each other. Yeah. Like, they're like, we're not going to get what we want out of this human dolphin interaction thing. Right. Let's go back to the dolphins hanging out with dolphins right kind of going back to the the, the Which drawing board it's probably a good idea like yeah you you observe what you observe and you go is this going where we want it to yeah it's not let's go back to the drawing board and there was this whole other avenue we wanted to explore and we got excited and we didn't explore it so right. let's do that like, we basically didn't cover the basics. If we don't understand how they're communicating to each other, can we ever really communicate with them? Yeah, and they're, now that they're hitting the roadblock of they're Diminishing never really returns. going to be able to communicate with us, Yeah, let's learn about them while we're here. Um, and despite all this pressure, uh, Margaret continues to push forward. She does not give up on this mission. And this is right around where it starts getting really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the sensational part of the story that is basically all anyone ever remembers about it. Everybody brace yourself. <laughs> yeah, brace yourself because this is about to get very odd. Um, like I said, Peter is an adolescent male dolphin. Mm-hmm. And he's starting to, how did I put this delicately? 
display extreme horniness. <laughs> Very delicate. Good yeah, job. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm good with tact. Yes. Um, so he's he's pushing up on her a lot or like rubbing himself on like her feet or legs and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, I guess and most people who have a dog are familiar with this experience. It's not pleasant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Usually when it happens with Bo, it's in the morning. He's <laughs> laying between us and he just like I've told him he can't lick his crotch. And now he's just humping. Yeah. For he no just, reason. He just starts twitching and it's like, oh, to my which, God, no. <laughs> to, my response is always just to like put my hand on his hip to stop mm. him. And I just say, no humping. And he stops. <laughs> Very adamantly. No humping. I'm also half asleep every time it happens. So yeah. I'm just angry that I'm being woken up because the bed is shaking. <laughs> yeah, like one of the least pleasant ways to wake up is something is humping in your general area, I guess. It's not good. Um. So, yeah. So this is Peter. This is what Peter's up to. Um. <laughs> he's he's really. And, and the thing is, she will try to when this happens. Send him out back into the general population with the other two female dolphins. Yeah, like, can't go go do what you got to do. Head out there. But it's not working. Okay. It's not working. And he comes back and he's just as agitated. And it can be a whole day like this and he comes back just as agitated. And the thing is... They're not learning anything because he's all all humpy. Yeah, he's all humpy. And the thing is, it's becoming obvious he's fixated on Margaret. Yeah. He's gotten attached. It's about her. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, everybody seems to realize that this dolphin is genuinely in love with her. Yeah. Which is weird. Well, here's the, the it is weird. But. They're, they're, they're so smart. They're smart and you're in a living situation where you're actually living with another being that's fairly intelligent. Yeah. And. Maybe smart enough to think you're its girlfriend. Yes, but doesn't understand language for you to explain that you're not. Right. But you're sharing a bed. Yeah. Like you're sharing a living situation. You're sharing a sleeping situation. You're together basically 24-7. You're responsible, I'm assuming, for feeding it. She's around when it's eating. Yeah. She's around when it's when he's sleeping. She's, She's there seven days a week. They're for always together. Yeah. Even with... A less intelligent animal. If I had a dog and I didn't have to work and I didn't ever go anywhere and I were with it constantly and we were never apart. Yeah. It'd be at your hip. That animal's going to be super attached to you in one way or another. I mean, in a dog, hopefully not. Right. That's that's the thing with dolphins. That kind of way. But, you know, they're they're higher functioning animals. They're, everyone always says they're, like, among the only animals that, that, you know, have sex for fun. Yeah. You know, they're, like, they have a much more developed sense of, I don't know, sexuality or, like, you yeah. know, and, and, and evidently r- romantic relationships. They have something, there's something there. They, I don't know wh- how you would describe it. They've bonded in a way that is... Isn't just like, hey, this is a someone who's around. It they've actually formed some kind of relationship, right? Um, and so 
they I have a feeling this is where it gets real. This is this is where it gets real because they they're just they can't seem to deal with the dolphin urges, and yeah. it's happening all the time. <laughs> and there's no way to deal with those dolphin urges. And she can't teach them anything. And so what is in what is a very inexplicable, very <laughs> weird move? Her idea is just to relieve the dolphin by hand. <sighs> yeah. Don't like it. Like, like. More than more than just a few times. I feel like the logical thing is to say, maybe we've gone too far. He's not learning anything else. We're not getting the results we want. And he's clearly very attached. Right. Maybe this is doing more harm than good. Yeah. Maybe we think about doing the experiments with the dolphins communicating with each other, and I take a step back. I understand it could be hard in the moment to think about that. Right. And she's now devoted herself to this project, and she's completely invested in it. She's invested in the project, and she's invested in another creature. That, like, you know, it might be harder to realize exactly how fucking weird that is after you've lived with it for so long. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. And that's the other thing, too, is, like, you know, it's we, like it's we, like having a good friend, right? And then being like, "All right, I guess I'll give you a handy." But then, <laughs> <laughs> except one of the two of you is a dolphin, yeah, and you probably shouldn't. Well, here's the other thing too: is I was thinking, I was thinking about this because this obviously has bothered me for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I was thinking, you know, when we really need to like like collect like semen from an animal or whatever we do stuff to the you know you you put a a horse's dick in a sleeve Mm -hmm. and you do a thing to it Mm -hmm. or whatever that's weird too that's pretty weird too yes but we've gotten pretty we've rationalized that one but usually there isn't there is an end result that isn't just get the animal off it's (laughs) Right. We want the semen in that case for other for breeding or for whatever other purposes, but it's not like, well, the horse isn't doing what I want him to do. Let me <laughs> jerk him off real quick. I know. I, know. It's I just, mean, the intention intent is important here. It is important. Um, that's but the I, thing I is, get what you're saying. We do weird stuff. And I try to sympathize with this woman because she hasn't talked about this for like over forty years, right? I do sympathize with her. Yeah, and she maintains... It's still... She maintains it wasn't sexual for her. It was not... Okay. You know, but she does say it was sensual. I don't like that. I don't like it either. Or sensuous, maybe. What's the difference? Dunno. And it sounds like she's talking about fruit. It really feels to me like she... Mm, knew she's this justified was, this to She's her justified it to herself. You would have to. Yeah. I don't know if this qualifies as abuse or not. Mm, it, it's really this is we- it's, why I don't like it. I know it's weird, but that's I don't know. I just I I'm just comfortable. We've, we've had this discussion before, yeah. which is why <laughs> I had this on the list as yeah. well. I, I'm jumping the gun a little bit. I don't want to say that, but right. um, we have talked about this. Yeah, at length, and about animals and and consent. Consent, yeah. I still say Peter couldn't consent. 
You know, I'm comfortable saying I don't know. I'm comfortable saying I'm not really sure what this qualifies as. We don't speak the same language as him. Yeah, right. There's no real way to know that he fully understood right. the situation. And so there's no way to know that if he fully understood the, the situation and if he could communicate that, that he would be okay with it. Yeah, I, I think the depth of human experience and all <laughs> the complications around sex just doesn't apply in nature as far right, as like right and, like and it's not like the dolphin's gonna sit at home feeling kind of like like his self-esteem's weird afterward but we don't, don't know right we don't i know. mean part of this experience ex- experience experiment <laughs> is that they don't know how dolphins think they right. wanted to observe this right and because we don't know yeah and and it's not just dolphins with all animals, we don't know their level of conscious thought. Sure. We don't know how much they really think about things or yeah. have the capability to wax poetic on things. Yeah. We don't know exactly how their brains work or where they're at. Mm-hmm. Some animals we can go, yeah, they're probably not thinking a whole lot. Right. But dolphins are some of the more intelligent creatures and we don't know that we're not that they're not it's enough it's of a like, reason to just be like as a rule don't do that don't yeah don't <laughs> as a rule don't do that don't have sexual relations with animals <laughs> don't do that i hope we're not the first people to tell you all this i hope someone told you before <laughs> all right this is not new Let's, let's move on a little okay. bit here. Uh, <laughs> that was, I think that warranted a lot of discussion, but let's move on a minute. <clears throat> okay. Um, so, so she has given Peter some handies. Yes. Yes. And continuing to try to train him, and this is just kind of happening for a while. Is it, is it helping the training? Like, is it at least... They do not make mention of it helping the training. Really, okay. she, she, said, she described her thought process is, this is like an itch. Yeah, like get it over with and we can get yes. back to what we're doing. I get that. Right. I don't know if she's I right. Was, I was curious if it actually helped. Right. Yeah. They don't touch on that. They okay. They didn't mention that, <laughs> which seems like seems a pretty a little important bit part. Important. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't mention it maybe suggests, yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't helpful. No. And she just kept doing it. But but Peter was happy as a clam. <laughs> um, as far as we know. Anyway. Um, um, I'm sorry. I think you misunderstood this whole story. He is not a clam. Yeah. He is a dolphin. He is a dolphin. <laughs> He's a dolphin. <laughs> um, this is where the story starts getting really sad. It goes from weird to sad pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So fair warning to the faint of heart. This is going to get downright out, all out tragic. If you need to end the episode here. Yeah. End the episode here. So, remember, Dr. Lily is still in control. This is his experiment. So, Dr. Lily knows she's jerking off the oh, yeah. He's Peter. like, whatever, you know. Um, okay, that's weird. Well, you're going to find out Dr. Lily's a weird dude. Okay. Um, at this point, he is super interested in LSD. Its effects oh, on consciousness. Okay. <laughs> its effects in Should've particular. Should have guessed that. And he wants to know how it affects the dolphins. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not the first time. Well... Maybe it's the first time, but they had there's a lot of experiments already. where they, they give animals 
right. drugs like that. Never, um, never dolphins primates. yet. Yeah, primates. Yeah, I know they experiment on, with LSD on other animals, but just not dolphins yet at this <sighs> point in time. Yeah. But, you know, it's like LSD is new, too. So they're like kind of... <laughs> Let's give it to everyone. Why the hell not? <laughs> Including dolphins. Throw it at everything. I thought you were going to say, throw some in the ocean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just see what happens, man. <laughs> see what wacky things yeah, happen. Yeah, just like turn on your third eye, man. You know, <laughs> really like like be the best fish uh. that you can be. Um, they, Margaret protests this. Margaret doesn't want this to happen. But eventually. I agree with Margaret on yeah, this one. It's not her experiment. And they eventually yeah. inject all three dolphins with LSD. Mm. Now, you'll be happy to know. Nothing happens. Okay. The dolphins don't exhibit any signs. We're talking 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. But Dr. Lily starts trying to provoke a response out of them. Mm. Because he's not happy. He's not getting any change. He's not. He sees nothing happening. Mm -hmm. He goes so far as to jackhammer the floor in an attempt to startle them. Oh. Um. This episode is, I mean, they're like highly sensitive creatures. Yeah. You're jackhammering while they're in a water tank. It's a horrifying experience. Yeah. And. You're going to freak them out. And. Regardless of if they're on. Yes. A drug. Now, the rest of the team already had a lot of reservations about this. This is the last straw. Yeah. They're like, nah, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. People start walking. People literally just leave. Including the dolphins. They just started walking away. <laughs> they got up on They're their like, flippers. You know. And strutted on out of there. <laughs> they finally talk. Yeah. They go, you know, we've been playing along for a long time. We don't know what you wanted to get out of this, but we think you've gone too far. And they just walk away. <laughs> By the way, this reminds me, Reddit's, what a Reddit response to this story was the dolphin's first word was, again. The, oh, well, yeah, after. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of funny. That's yeah, a Reddit response for you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, back to the tragedy. Um, so, yeah, this is the experiment basically shuts down in pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret, you know, leaves. The dolphins are shipped back to Florida. And, and that's the most tragic part. <sighs> they had to go to Florida. I'm joking. Uh, we love you, Florida. <laughs> I'm ambivalent towards Florida. It's fine. Um, I've never been there. You, it's, it's so all I right. can't say I hate it. It's all right. Nah, seems uh, fine. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, everyone is really heartbroken about this, uh, including Margaret, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the dolphins, in particular, do not have a good life after this point. So. <laughs> Really tragically, they are shipped to a place with a very cramped tank. Uh. Um, miserable conditions. Again, as mentioned, they pee and poop like five times as much as we do, and their yeah. tanks fill up, and they, the, envi- the environment is unsustainable to them, and these are tiny tanks, and it's horrible. And especially considering, okay, these are fairly intelligent beings, as yeah. we've stated and they've been essentially cohabitating with people and getting a lot of attention all the time. Yeah. And then you're sending them away. You're changing their environment completely and putting them in an insufficient environment. To a much, much worse one. Yeah, that's um, that's shitty. And fuck those scientists. Shame on those scientists for not making sure that when the experiment was done, yeah. 
that the animals were taken care of in a better way. It strikes me as really thoughtless. It's very thoughtless. In particular, Dr. Lilly, who I think, because he's the head researcher here, he has the responsibility. Well, clearly he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, again, there's going to be more about Dr. Lilly. Mm. But what well, I, wanna, I already hate him. What I want to focus on right now is Peter. And this is where the story takes an ultimate bottom out. Mm. Um, he is miserable in captivity. Um, and he probably misses Margaret. Like with, he, Without a doubt. He lived with her yeah. 24-7. Everyone, everyone who s- saw him after that point seems to agree that he was broken hearted. Like yeah. he was literally suffering and, a broken dolphin heart. And here's the thing, like, obviously that situation wasn't going to be able to be sustainable. But if you're going to take them out of that situation, at least put them in a situation where they're, like, interacting with some humans or interacting with other dolphins in a bigger tank and able to, like, actually live a life. You don't take an animal that has been interacting 24-7 with... one person and multiple people and then shut it off in a small tank and don't do anything. Yeah. Right. That's it's it's going to the absolute worst possible <clears throat> alternate life. If you did that to a person, it, it would mess them up too. If yeah. you have a person who's around someone all the time, around people all the time, and then you go, All right, we're shipping you off to Florida. You have to live in this one room apartment. Um it's filthy. You can't clean it. <laughs> you yeah. have fun. Yeah, right. It's it's pres- you'd go crazy. It's prison. Yeah. It's oh, prison. I'm so mad. I'm I know. sad. Um, this is. I'm breaking the table. Uh, yeah, this is where it gets really sad. Um, someone calls Margaret one day mm. to tell her that Peter died in captivity. And not only did he die in captivity, it appears that he committed suicide in his tank. How? This surprised me. Dolphins are not like us in that we do involuntary breathing. We just, you know, we just constantly breathe. Uh-huh. For dolphins, every time they breathe, it's a conscious decision to go to the surface. Yeah, and I was going to say it has to be because they have to get to the surface. They have to be thinking about that. And apparently more than once it has been observed that dolphins in bad conditions will just not go, go up, take their last breath, go down, sink to the bottom, and just go. Yeah. So he just voluntarily asphyxiates himself at the bottom of the tank. That's the end of Peter. It's super sad, but is it bad that, like, my thought is kind of good for him? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because like, he, he did something as a, he had a sense of agency about himself. Yeah, he got to choose that. It is it is sad, and I do understand what you mean. It's, it's both. It's messed up that that <clears throat> was a situation that he was in. Oh, that's real shitty. This is what I meant when I said this goes rock bottom. Yeah. Um, I nothing makes me sadder than that. Yeah. I um, don't like animals being treated shitty. I know. Um as, you know, especially I just have this image of this really happy young dolphin with a great life and like a best yeah. friend slash girlfriend slash whatever, and then to go from that 
to just torture. I mean, it's just yeah. so it's so heartbreaking. Um, so let's move past that now. Okay. Let's talk about the aftermath of this experiment. Okay. Uh, Doctor Lily, no, that's not. Yeah. Okay. So if anything good can be said to happen out of this, mm-hmm. it is the fact that Doctor John Lily sees the error of his ways in a profound way. Okay. Um, Prove it. Well, right. Um, he makes a number of, you know, sort of public addresses, uh, you know, and writes books around the nature of the fact that the human-dolphin dynamic they pursued in this experiment was wrong to begin with. Mm-hmm. The idea that we can, you know, take a creature that intelligent, independent, smart, you know, like high, higher consciousness than many other animals, and we can, you know, put it in a tank and observe it and try to make it do things just felt wrong to him. He really honestly after enough time, came to terms with the fact that they are our counterparts on this planet in a way. Mm-hmm. You know? And it would be like a a dolphin taking one of us and going, <laughs> let's see how you interact with dolphins. Yeah. Live in this environment and, you know, try to learn how we do things. Yeah. Oh, it's not working out. All right. right go away. They're we not, don't care. Exactly. They're, I mean, they're not exactly our intellectual equals, but they are... They, they, that we know, right? That we know, they're probably not, but they're but they're high. They're too smart to do this to them. Yeah, and this is a realization he comes to, and he spends a lot of his life trying to, you know, change, you know, public perception and awareness of, you know, the dolphin and whales as well. Actually, mm. um, he he dedicates his life towards dolphin preservation. He writes all these books. He helps create the United States Marine Mammal Protection Act of 1972. You know, literally helps craft legislation. It'd be kind of weird if he didn't include whales in this. If he was just like, yes, protect the dolphins. Whales? Oh, they're dumb. They could suck it. (laughs) But fuck the whales. (laughs) Those guys suck. Um, He does not do that. He loves whales, too. I still don't forgive him. I don't blame you. And hold on, because I'm not done on Lily. Okay. Um, His career... There's a lot of things about his career that are very interesting. Actually, for one, he's he's the uh, inventor of the first sensory deprivation tank. Okay. You know, I mean, he's not a guy without accomplishments. Yeah, that's something we've wanted to try. Yeah, right. Oh, definitely. I would try one of those. And there's some. Me too. The, there's some not that far away. Yeah, Akron, Cleveland. Yeah. Um, but he's he gets weirder and weirder. Mm-hmm. Like the acid experiments with the dolphins are just yeah. like the tip of the iceberg of how weird this guy gets. Um, he uh, develops these bizarre paradigms to try and describe human consciousness that sound like just absolute madness. Well, he was probably on acid himself. Uh, and more. And possibly coke. He describes something called the Earth Coincidence Control Office, which in his description is a cosmic entity that controls all our lives. And there are nine tenets we must follow in order to control coincidence within our own lives. You can't control coincidence. As he sees it, the the Earth Coincidence Control Office, or ECHO, there is actually a connection to ECHO the Dolphin here. I don't, I didn't fully research this. There is a connection. Um, <coughs> apparently, the ECHO controls large arcs of coincidence across our lives and we control small individual coincident episodes. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, some people call that God. Yes. And he some, would argue it's a kind of a God. Some people call that 
the universe. Right. Some people just call it coincidence or, you know, you you make choices and those choices have results. Cause and, and effect. Yes, cause and effect. Sometimes right. you can control parts of that. Yeah. Sometimes you can't. Yeah, I this is so stupid. <laughs> I, it is very stupid, and worth noting. All this shit is like fueled by ketamine. Like this dude loves that makes sense. ketamine. That makes sense. Yeah. Have I told you my favorite ketamine story? I don't think you have. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done ketamine. Don't okay. do that. It's a good don't way to start. Ketamine. <laughs> um, so I watched the movie Party Monster, and I read the book. That it was based on. Yeah. Which is, of course, written by James St. James. um, The man so nice (laughs) that they named him twice. (laughs) Yes. Uh, He was a club kid in the New York scene in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And he was friends with Michael Alleg, um, who was released from prison several years ago, I think. Okay. um, After he had killed a drug dealer. And was possibly, I'm pretty sure he was on drugs when he did that. But he did that and um, went to jail. So, oh, the book and the movie and everything were written by James St. James. And something that was in the book that they did not really detail in the movie was some more experiences he had while on ketamine, which was like his drug of choice at the time. Yeah. And when you do ketamine, they, they describe it as um going into a k-hole yeah it's it's a downer it's a sedative that's what it's meant for like in animals yeah it's like an animal tranquilizer yeah so you'll have these real trippy experiences but they're like deep and some of them can be real scary Mm -hmm. but you'll come out of them and it's like having a dream and then not really remembering it so Towards the end, like, before he finally quit doing it, Mm -hmm. he was like, you know what? I know I'm so creative when I'm in these K-holes. And he was trying to, the way the movie depicts it, he's trying to write a book. Like, he wants to get these experiences down, but he thinks he's more creative when he's um, doing drugs. Yeah. So he decides to write down these great thoughts he has. There were two that stood out and they were the reason that he quit doing this joke. The first one was if letters had eyebrows, these would be arched. (laughs) It's just a weird bad poem, silly little thought, bad poem. But he thought he was like really creative when he was on this trip. So if letters had eyebrows, these would be arched. The second one was evil must be baked at 650 degrees. And this freaked him out so much because he's like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I think I'm so creative and having yeah. these thoughts and I I come out of it and I see what I've written and I've scrolled evil must be baked at 650 <laughs> degrees. Like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> that's the thing. That, that actually is a very good illustrative example. Of exactly why your weird ketamine trip is not as insightful as you think it is. Not insightful. Uh, the earth, a little scary. <laughs> not the earth insightful. Coincidence, whatever the hell, the Earth Coincidence Control Office mm-hmm. 
is exactly that kind of stupid nonsense. Yes. Um, if you're yeah. on a whole lot of tranquilizers, that probably sounds real profound. <laughs> it probably does. It's like the, the idea of like coincidence as being something that is marshaled and organized is very Every time you stupid. say the name of it, in my mind, I picture like this bureaucratic office. It's kind of like the game Papers, Please. And I'm just yeah. like... I'm just imagining like people with big rubber stamps and just like in a row, just like stamping things and yeah. like determining what coincidence is going to happen. Yeah, it sounds it sounds exactly like a stupid ketamine trip would <clears throat> by comparison <throat> to the other one. Um, yeah. But anyway, I just want to offer my final take on this because I've told basically the entirety of this story. Um, I think it's obvious here. There's only one entirely purely sympathetic character in this story. And that's obviously Peter the dolphin. Yeah, um, and and the other dolphins, of course. But yeah, but especially in Peter. In particular, Peter. Uh, you know, I just um, I feel incredibly sad now when I think about him, um, and I feel like so much more could have been done to protect this dolphin. I, yeah, know, this, this is a time I think in science where um, <clears throat> I don't they were just kind of throwing everything at the wall and yeah. seeing what stuck, and there wasn't as much oversight. Like we said before, this is why science isn't funded. Yeah, right. And and this isn't the only reason, and I'm sure it's not, possibly not the main one, but things like this are why science isn't funded, and things like this are why we have to be better about choosing ethical ways to do experiments. And yes. we have to be pickier. Yes, we do. Um, and in particular, you know, in... <clears throat> This case, you know, specifically when it comes to dolphins, the fact that they can so, so obviously, I think in this case, experience that kind of love and that kind of attachment mm -hmm. and these heightened, you know, what we think of as more complex mental states or whatever, mm -hmm. the fact that they can experience all that means we owe them so much more than was afforded to these dolphins. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's really sad. And, um... I think we, we need to consider not only their bodily health and that their basic needs are met, but their, you know, emotional sort of aspirational well-being. They're not like everything else. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I guess that's generally it. I just I feel for Peter the dolphin and what a sad thought it is. Yeah. Of everything that, that happened to him. I'll say I hate Margaret. That was her name. Yeah, Margaret. I hate her less than I thought I would in this. Yeah, it, me too. It turns out she is not the villain I was expecting. Maybe guilty I, of poor judgment. I think, if anything, she is guilty of poor judgment. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I still don't like Dr. Lily. I don't care what he did afterwards. I don't care how much ketamine he did and how many <laughs> offices of coincidence he came up with and how many protection acts he put into place. Yeah. I'm glad that he figured something out right and was like all right that was wrong but too little too fucking late yeah honestly i can't ever imagine finding myself in a situation where i was willing to operate a jackhammer to scare the shit out of some dolphins because i wasn't getting what i wanted out of them that's so cruel and he must have known better yes. he definitely knew better yes a yeah. five-year-old knows better yeah 
any five-year-old who's gone to the aquarium with their parents and, a and has been ye- <laughs> and has been yelled at for tapping on the glass. Yeah, right. Because they're going to startle the marine life mm-hmm. knows better than that. Yeah, I just think it's really, really, it's very terrible what was allowed to happen there. LSD will do that to you, I guess. <laughs> LSD and ketamine. Yeah. Probably some coke. So that's it. That's the incredibly bizarre tale of, uh, of uh, uh, Margaret Dunwoody or whatever. Last Dunwoody? <laughs> I know. Margaret, I know Margaret Howe. Like. Yeah. Margaret Howe. And Peter. And Peter the Dolphin. And Sissy. And what was the other one's name? Um, Starts with a P. No, not Boo Boo. Is it Paula or Patty? Um, it was, uh, yeah, it's uh, Pamela. Pamela. I was close. I was getting closer. Pamela, Sissy, Peter. Really sad. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, at the very least, it's a cautionary tale. It's like we have a responsibility to animals in particular when we study them. And I think that yeah. there was a really long time period, and to some extent now, um, where those that was that was never considered at all. I mean, we still continue to do experiments on animals. Yes. But, but I I like to think there's a modicum more you know there's consideration. More, you have to justify an ethical. It. Any any kind of experiment you do, you have to make your case to an ethics board. Yes. And there are people that will argue that any experimentation on animals is wrong, and we shouldn't do any of it. Yeah. As someone who comes from a science background. And has seen um, the kind of progress we've made because of it. I'm torn. Sure. I don't like it. Right. But. We weigh the damage we do against what we have to gain. Yes. We make a calculated decision. So I'm firmly on the fence. I'm. (laughs) I don't like it. It doesn't make me happy. I appreciate you taking a stance. (laughs) I'm just saying I, I do understand both sides. Me and too. I understand people who just don't want anything to do with animal testing and, and don't like that we do it at all yeah. and are very against that. I totally get your reasons for why. Yeah. Um, I also understand the other side of it, that the benefits that have come from it are amazing. Yeah. Um, well, we got we to try stuff to learn stuff. Right. That's kind of how it all shakes out. Right. It's if, it's a hard ethical yeah. clusterfuck. The real takeaway here for this week's episode is if you see a dolphin, give him a hug. Don't yeah. don't touch his penis. Give him a little hug. Don't touch the peepers. Just give him a hug. Just, if he seems a little horny, just like um, pat him on the head and <laughs> let him go on his get, way. Get out of the water. Get out of there. Uh, worse than a shark. Be kind to a dolphin. Um, that's, that's our goal this week, guys. Yeah. Go be kind to a dolphin. Yeah. Go, go find a dolphin knitted a little hat. But, but not too kind. Not too kind. That's really the lesson. Yeah. We got to walk the line here. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find that line of what is kind to dolphins and yeah. what is just too much. Don't. Don't d- be a weirdo. Don't get too close to that line either. Don't. Yeah. The, the line is the penis. Yeah, the line's the penis. Or the genitals. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a male dolphin. Oh, by the way, there's a dude w- who wrote a book. About a relationship with a dolphin, and if you thought is it autobiographical? The, oh yeah. Uh. Now, okay, we're wrapping up the episode, so I'm not going to get into it. But let's just say it's pretty creepy. 
I don't like that. <laughs> no one likes this. going to go on the record. Well, clearly he does. Well, he did, he did. And he alleges so did the dolphin. I mean, apparently the dolphin came on to him. You don't get to say that. <laughs> no, you don't even fucking know that dolphin. <laughs> um, no, it's crazy. Uh, we won't get into that now. What we are going to do right now is end this episode. and Let's just end it now. Let's just stop now. We stop now. W- we will come back in another week with another episode. We of- might. <laughs> <laughs> I might be done. Or we're just done now. <laughs> Uh, we've talked about getting off dolphins. Yeah. What else is there, really? I don't know. Do you guys even want to know about more stuff? Mm. We've covered. We've covered this. That's it. I think we've just about done it. <laughs> done. Uh, so we will or will not see you in another <laughs> we'll week. We'll see you for another episode of Goose Chase. Thank you so much for listening. Goose Chase. I'm sorry we subjected you to this. <laughs> it's my fault. I told him to research it. We will see you again in another week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at GooseChasePod, and our website is www.GooseChasePodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at GooseChasePodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 